There's a Psalm 139 that really bothers me. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever self-edit? Because I know if I don't self-edit, somebody is gonna take the things that I say, take them out of context, and just use the sound bite, pretend that it means something that I don't mean it to be. So I self-censor. You know what I'm gonna think. Boom! Right there. That's what bothers me the most. people find the book of Psalms very comforting um, and some of them are that people read them at all sorts of different times in their life but there's a Psalm 139 that really bothers me it just does now it's written by a man called David um, King David the David that threw rocks at a giant in the valley of Elah so it's it's the David and Goliath, David. That's the man that wrote this psalm. Now, when he writes it, he, he writes some really nice things in there, actually. Um, verse one says this, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. That doesn't really bother me. It's quite a comforting thought for some people. And then he says this, he says in verse three, he says this, he says, you're familiar with all my ways. <laughs> <laughs> that might bother some people it bothers me a little bit because we all have ways you often hear people say oh don't worry that's just his way or that's just their way of doing things you might not like doing it this way but that's the way I do it and that's 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 the truth we all have our ways my son when he sees me doing something very very particularly Pops like he says ah, pops and his ways that's what he says why because we all have our particular ways and David is saying in this psalm hey God knows my ways but that is not what bothers me now in verse 4 it says this before a word is on my tongue you know it completely. <laughs> Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever self-edit? I do it all the time. I self-censor, especially when I'm preaching. Uh, because I know especially when I'm doing things like this, because I know if I don't self-edit and if I don't self-censor, somebody is gonna take the things that I say and take them out of context and just use the sound bite and, and pretend that it means something that I don't mean it to be. So I have to think about, even though it doesn't look like it sometimes, it doesn't sound like it, I have to think about what I'm gonna say, so I self-censor, I self-edit, and this is, I've got to put my glasses back on. He says this, before the words on my tongue, 
You know it completely. He knows the unedited version of what I'm going to say. He knows the uncensored e version, the unbeat e, -e, -e version of what I was going to say. He knows that. But you know something? That is not what bothers me. As if that weren't bad enough. Because this is what it says in verse 2. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. Well, what's bothersome about that? Well, nothing really, but listen to this. You know my thoughts from afar. You know what I'm going to think. Boom. Right there. That's what bothers me the most. He knows my thoughts, not just my unedited speech, but he knows my thoughts. Oh my good night. He knows what I'm thinking. Darling, do these spandex pants make me look fat? There's no good answer to that, but he knows the thoughts. He knows. He knows exactly the thoughts. It's like walking around with a giant, I think Mark talked about this a few weeks back, like walking around with a giant screen above your head where every thought that you think is projected on there and people can read that as the words are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> can you imagine being a politician like that? Absolutely not. Can you imagine being a human like that? Because mm. that's the way we live pretty much all the time. But this says he knows my thoughts. And that bothers me. Because I know my thoughts. And they bother me. <laughs> but the great thing is then, but, 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 then in verse 5 it says this. And if you read on from verse 5, all the way through the rest of the, the psalm, it appears that even knowing my thoughts and knowing my unedited and uncensored speech, even knowing what I'm going to stand up when I sit down, even knowing all of that, it doesn't scare him away. It doesn't appear to in this psalm. Because he says, everywhere I go, there you are. It doesn't matter where I go, I find you. All, you hem me in, you're around me all the time. So even when he knows my thoughts, even when he knows my unedited speech, he doesn't push me away and it doesn't scare him off. <laughs> well, that's a great turn of events. Because often things I say and what I think will dictate the people who want to hang around with me. But it doesn't appear that it dictates whether God wants to hang around with me or not, or whether he allows me to hang around with him because of what I say and what I think. It appears that I'm welcome anyway. It appears that his presence is all around me, wherever I am, whatever setting I am in. Now, as homework, take out Psalm 139 and read it yourself because I want to jump all the way forward to verse 21. 
it would have been really cool if it was first 21 because then I could have said let's jump to 21 Street but I'm not gonna I actually want to jump all the way at the end to verse 23 this is what it says there okay now listen to this search me O God and know my heart test me and know my thoughts <laughs> well I thought we just said he already knows our thoughts but he's inviting God to do it he, now God can do it anyway but he's given him permission in fact he's inviting him to do it, it he doesn't just do this once he does it right in the beginning he says you search me O God and then right at the end he says search me again like search me O God and know my thoughts sounds a little bit twee doesn't it sounds a little bit hallmark it's like search me O God and know my heart know my heart like it's it sounds a little bit Sounds a little bit too good to be true. Search me and know my heart. Why? And test me to know my thoughts and see if there's any offensive way in me. Search me, know my thoughts, know my anxieties and see if there's any offensive way in me. <laughs> And that's all very nice until you read the verses that go before it. Now let me read those to you. I know we're jumping around, but stay with me because it's really important. It really, really is. Listen to these thoughts. This is what's going, this is what David is asking God to search through. If only you would kill the wicked. Take bloodthirsty men away from me. They speak of their evil intent. Your enemies and my adversaries misuse your name. Now listen to this. I hate them, oh God. And I abhor, that's a really old-fashioned word, I abhor those who rise up against you. Dave, hey David, Dave, mate, we don't have to search too far to find out what's going on in your head. And he says, search my thoughts, O God, and see if there's any wickedness in me. I hate them. Slay them. Search my heart, O oh God, to see if there's any wicked. I hate them. Search my heart, O oh God, kill them. Like, you don't have to search too far, David, to find out that there's something seriously going on in you that's a bit disturbing. You know, and that's true, actually because you never have to search too hard and too far to find fault. In fact, in fact, we make it a human pastime. We find fault with things all the time. It's one of the easiest positions in the world to find fault with the things that people do because we bear no responsibility when we do it. 
I can find fault with what politicians say. I can find fault with how they handle different crises. Even the crisis that we're going through now, I can find fault with it. But it's super easy for me to do that because I don't bear any of the weight of responsibility for doing it. And I don't have to look too far in different people's lives to find fault. And you don't have to look too far in other people's lives and circumstances around you to find fault. I wonder how long it would take you to look at my life to find fault. It probably wouldn't take as long as I hope it would. It'd probably be quite a short exercise to do. And David is inviting God to do that in his life. And he's not inviting God to do it on his best day. He's not saying, hey God, turn up on my best day and see if you can find any fault in me. He's asking him to do it everywhere. Every here that you can think of during your day and your week and your month and your year, he's asking God, hey, turn up there and see if you can find any fault in me. <laughs> that is a very, very scary thing to ask God to do. So why would anybody do it? Why would anybody say to choose carte blanche? Any day that God wants to turn up in my life and search it. He searches it on a continual basis anyway, but any day he wants, search my life and see if there's any, any wicked way in me. Why, why would I ask him to do that? You ever heard the expression, or you ever heard people say, how can the police investigate themselves? You often hear it, especially now in the media. How can the police police themselves? How can they do that? And David has the same thought here, not about the police, but he's thinking, hey, how can I actually investigate and search myself independently? How can I do it without bias? I need an unbiased, independent searcher. That's what David says. By the way, so do I. And so do you. I need an independent, unbiased searcher to search my life. I can't trust myself to do it honestly on my own. I can't but I can trust him. Search me, search my heart, oh God. Not on my best day. <laughs> hey, pick my worst and then expose my motives to me because I can't be trusted to do this on my own. I need help, I need a searcher. I need a searcher like one of the searchers that's in the stories that we just looked at in Luke chapter 15 searcher that searches diligently and that's the searcher that I'm asking to do this now why would I do that why would David do it we keep coming back to that question why why so that he can pull out my deepest darkest secrets and embarrass me <laughs> yeah you see I know people who would do that I do I, I know people who would who would like to 
defame my character. I know people like that. I get email. I get emails from them. <laughs> um, I know people who who, who write things on Facebook <laughs> uh, about things that I say, and and I don't read them because why would I bully myself? Um, and they would want to use these things to embarrass me, but but that's not the motive here. Listen, listen to what David says. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. I love this translation on this. It's great. This is a new Bible, um, and um, it's the it's the New International Version. It's a new Bible because I change my Bibles quite often, so I can read different versions. But I love that. Know my anxious thoughts. We all have anxious thoughts, right? Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Why? Why? Back to that question. Why? And lead me in the way everlasting. Now, now, uh, in a different version of, of how this is written, it says, and lead me in the everlasting ways. He doesn't want to know this about me so that he can embarrass me and, and show me up and ridicule me and, and hold me up to public disgrace. He wants to know me and, and I'm inviting him to search my heart so that he can lead me in the ways everlasting. I love the turn of that phrase. It almost sounds Shakespearean, right? Uh, I like, lead me in the ways everlasting. That's what I'm asking him to do. And like I said, David doesn't just ask once. It's right at the beginning, verse 1, and right towards the end phrase in verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, know me. Turn over my anxious thoughts and, and, and help me to figure out why I'm anxious. Why? so that you can lead me in the ways everlasting. I don't know about you, but I want to be led in everlasting ways. I want to be led in something that's beyond a fad. I want to be led in something that's beyond the latest scheme. I want to be fed in something that's beyond the latest thread on Facebook. I want to be led in something that's got more history than the For You thread on TikTok. I want to be led in ways everlasting. Oh, search our hearts, oh God, and see our anxious thoughts so that you can lead us in ways everlasting. You know what? This psalm still bothers me. It really does. He knows my thoughts. He knows my motives. But he still doesn't push me away. And he doesn't push you away either. And today, as you listen to this, hear this invitation from God. It, it doesn't push you away no matter what you think doesn't push you away no matter what your unedited thoughts and words might be. The invitation is there for him to lead you in the ways everlasting. And he wants to do it. Hey, bless you. Thanks for listening. Please, please, please 
stay safe. And if you want to chat or if you have questions, our information's going to come up on the screen afterwards. Um, no pressure, just phone or email. Please, we'd love to hear from you. One morning I walked into a church, but it wasn't on a Sunday. I looked around and I saw the empty seats, the sun glistening through the dust in the air. At first I was distraught at the sight of the empty chairs, but then I was filled with joy. I realized that the people who were once in those chairs were now outside of the building, working at their jobs, serving in their communities, laughing with their co-workers and growing with their families. They had the opportunity to be the church, not just sit in it. When will we be like them? When will we see the opportunity given to us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, bringing hope into the world? Stained glass can't pray for the sick. These walls can't preach the gospel, but you can. The building you're sitting in is just a building. But if you trust in Jesus, then you are the church.